Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast Live. It is January 3rd, 2024. I'm your host, Chris Patrick, bringing you our very first live stream of the year alongside the one and only VSP Tallman and Mr. Michael Benjamin. What's going on, fellas? 2024 is here. I'm so pumped. Man, let's get to it. Tallman, how you doing tonight, brother? Oh, doing good, fellas. Like you said, new year. Maybe some new Arizona sports success, drama, stories. Let's let's go. I'm excited. Let's and let's hope hey, so. Did you guys know spring training's like six weeks away? Oh, so. okay. Hold on. We got <laughs> other pressing issues to worry about. I, I, first. Know, I know. Let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes. But hey, we gotta make sure before we start, we gotta say happy birthday to VSP Tallman. Hey. Appreciate us coming out, man. Had a good time. You're in the 30 club, doxing you a little bit yeah, again. I know. Man. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Yeah, it feels good to be in the club finally, but I appreciate it. He, he's, a, he's officially passed his sports prime, but he does <laughs> yeah. still have all four years of college eligibility left. So there you go. If I was a running back, I'd be screwed, but thankfully I'm... <laughs> Lots of NIL money on the table, man. You should be taking oh, advantage, dude. Uh, screw you guys. <laughs> oh, man. But like Mike said, we got plenty to talk about with the Valley Sports, mostly pertaining to the Arizona Cardinals as they finish out their campaign. The Phoenix Suns are past Christmas. We're panicking a little bit, but I think with Brad Beal back, maybe starting to settle in a little bit. So we'll chat about that. And then I think we got some uh, New Year's resolutions as Valley Sports fans, some things we want to try and bring into this new year. Um, but man, optimism is in the air. As we just saw in week 17, the Arizona Cardinals went to Philadelphia and beat the Eagles. It was the return of Jonathan Gannon. And yes, they did get that win. The final score was 35 to 31 Cardinals. Man, guys, it was a slow start for the Redbirds in this one. A little bit of a weird game. In the first half, there was a 99-yard interception return by the Eagles, and they led the and they led the game uh, 21 to six at halftime. So, kind of looking like it was going uh, how everyone thought it was. But Cardinals could not be counted out in the second half. It was all Redbirds. James Conner found the end zone twice. Michael Carter had a six-yard run for a touchdown, and Tallman's favorite Michael Wilson hauled in a five-yard touchdown. Kyler Murray was looking like himself and maybe even the best we've ever seen. So like I said, guys, plenty of room for optimism. But what did uh, what did you think of that week 17, Michael? Ooh, I know a lot of people are still on the fence because you talk about the implications from that win and what happens with your draft pick. I think we saw the Cardinals fall from two to four. And I don't know if they win the Seattle game, they might fall even farther down, but Love going in and playing spoiler against any team, man. That's what it's all about when you're having a struggle of a season, right? You go in and you basically kill Philly's chances of winning the uh, the NFC East, and they did it in a dominating way, man. What a second half, four scoring drives. I mean, if you just look at some of these stats, had 20 more minutes in possessions, 15 more first downs, Almost 200 more total yards. We know that it was really a great dominating force on the ground from James Conner and uh, Michael Carter. I loved it, man. I loved it a lot. Greg Dorch keeps playing himself into a contract. He's going to get a nice payday, hopefully. And hopefully it's by us. But very impressive. 
I had the same type of feeling as Monty on the <laughs> the sideline after the game, just going crazy and wild with the team because it was such a huge win and such a big boost for this team going into the next year. So loved everything about it, man. And some people were kind of clowning Monty for his reaction, saying like, oh, no, the high draft pick is slipping away from us. But I don't think that's the case. I think this is exactly what he wants to see. I mean, some people don't believe in being able to carry momentum from the end of one season into the next. But this is exactly what I think I wanted to see from Kyler Murray. And I think I speak for a lot of Cardinals fans when this team was kind of on the fence. There had been that narrative of are they going to keep Kyler? Are they going to move on from him? There's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft class. But after the game, Jonathan Gannon was on the local radio and he said, no, Kyler's our guy. We're going to stick with him. So that means we don't have to waste a pick on a quarterback and we can get some other pieces to help improve this football team. I mean, Tallman, what do you think about those broader implications and just the game in general? Well, the game was incredible. I mean, if, if you want to sit here and cry, if you're a Cardinals fan about, oh, my God, now we're we're down in the draft order. Now we're probably picking number four. Who cares about that? This this type of win, the momentum that this team could potentially carry into the next season, the culture that we're building right now, watching this coaching staff build with this core of players with such little talent and what they're able to achieve, that's way better than any draft status, any high draft pick. I mean, come on, guys. Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to solve our problems, right? We can sit here and say, oh, it would be really nice to have a generational talent like that added to the team. Maybe a little Anquan Bolden-esque, Larry Fitzgerald-esque, right? But he's not going to solve our problems. This team has so many holes, and we can still get a very good player at the top of that draft. So what this win was huge, not only for, like I said, the culture reasons, but also for Jonathan Gannon going back to his old home, you know, this this game on the schedule, right when, when it came out, we were like, ooh, this is going to be a good matchup. Gannon's going back to play in Philadelphia against the Eagles, his former team, where the Eagles fans did nothing but absolutely shit on Jonathan Gannon because he lost them the Super Bowl, right? So it, this is just – it was it was so sweet to see him go in there, get that win in Philadelphia, and just send the send the eagles into a spiral right now because that team was already trending downward and man are they panicking right now in philadelphia and it's even better that the diamondbacks just did that to philadelphia's baseball team a couple months ago and it's just incredible right now we are arch enemy number number one phoenix arizona we are living rent free right now in every philadelphia sports fan's mind and it was an incredible win for jonathan gannon and just remember all the tampering stuff that went into it where, you know, we ended up having to, to swap third round picks uh, with, with the Eagles in this, this recent draft. And you guys know who returned that 99 yard interception for a touchdown. It was the guy that the Eagles drafted with that pick that we gave to the Eagles. So it was, it was, that was kind of weird. Right. But um, it was incredible seeing Kyler bounce back from kind of a, an awful first half where we dominated the first half, dominated all the stats dominate time of possession but we were down 21 to 6 it was, it was a very strange half but um seeing him come back in the second half and play his best game of the season um overall his best half of football that we've seen in a very long time from him that is extremely promising and he's absolutely our guy for the future if you're a cardinals fan you should be ecstatic right now the way this team performed who cares if we're drafting fifth sixth or seventh this is an overall win for everybody 
Yeah, and it really feels like it's all starting to come together. I mean, despite all the injuries and the mix and match in the running back room, the Cardinals are ranked sixth in rushing offense in the entire NFL, which sounds crazy, but it's true. Go look it up. I just think that's that's reason to be optimistic right there. Like I said, it feels like it's all starting to come together. Hopefully they can continue to build on this. And whether we get Marvin Harrison or an offensive lineman or a corner or whoever in the draft, I think it's only going to help to take the best available player that's on the board. And if uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. really is their guy and they really want to get him, there's no reason they can't trade up because even if you have the fifth, sixth pick, you still have whatever the Houston pick is going to end up being, 14, 15, 16. I'm not sure where they're at right now, but it's going to be an interesting week. Like this, this season's going right down to the wire. You've seen the way the NFL structured the schedule. There's a lot of division games here at the end of the season, which has made things a little bit interesting. A lot of uh, scenarios, especially with teams on the on the the edge of making the playoffs where it's like, well, this team has to win and then this team has to not tie, but they have to also lose to this other team. So a lot of moving parts. And I think it's going to make it interesting. Of course, the teams that already have it in the bag are going to rest their guys. You're seeing the 49ers and the Ravens rest their guys, but they're already locked in. So a lot of, a lot of implications for those guys that are middle of the pack, but some other Cardinals news that came down, I think today, uh, DJ Humphreys has been placed on the injury reserve with a torn ACL, which I believe occurred in that game on Sunday against the Eagles. Guys, he has they have an option to let him go. Uh, they'll eat some cap room for that, but um, he's 30 years old. So like we said, Tallman passed his prime. Do you think that uh, they're going to be cutting ties with Mr. Humphreys this offseason? I, I don't think they are. Um, it, that was that's a huge blow. Um, I mean, he's he's a leader on the team. He's a captain. Um, he's somebody that you were hoping that Paris Johnson would just be some, somewhat of a sponge around. Um, so that was actually killer news. And because uh, that's going to bleed into next season where, I mean, he's not going to be obviously not going to be ready to go once uh, the season starts in 2024. But I don't I don't see him uh, cutting ties. I bet I say that he's going to be back. I mean, Gannon already came out and said he's going to be back better than ever. So I'm, I have reason to believe that uh, we'll, we'll see him next year on the Cardinals. Mike, you share that sentiment? I think with an injury so late into the season, yes. I think it still depends kind of on you know contract structure. But this also does kind of work into the narrative with what the Cardinals are going to do with that first pick that they have, depending on where it is. Do they look to go offensive line with a tackle or a guard? I know we've heard some really high-profile names I just don't know how I love really young, experienced guys on both tackle ends. That's why I was okay with DJ Humphrey still kind of being in the fold, even though overall, especially early on this season, he struggled mightily, man. But as an offensive line unit, you talked about the running game, man. It was great. And one of the successes that came from this past Sunday was Kyler Murray having time to survey the field and guys actually – being able to win some one-on-one matchups. So when it comes down to it, yes, I want Marvin Harrison Jr., but if we want to sure up and protect our $52 million, uh, you know, (laughs) beautiful quarterback that is apparently going to be the future of this franchise for the next couple of years, I'm okay with investing on that side. But at this point we just know dj humphreys he's not going to be playing until the late later half of the season i mean when did kyler tear his acl week 12 
and this is week 17. Yeah. So does he even play next year if he does come back, right? I honestly, I don't think he does because I don't know if he's going to be able to rehab as hard as Kyler did. I know it's different positions, different play styles, but I think that's a that's a tough proposition. And with just two years left on his contract, unless they do restructure or something, I think that's that's a hard ask, especially when you can almost see them having drafted Paris Johnson Jr. as Humphrey's replacement in in some regard. But what you guys are talking about with the with the draft and you know who we get i think it's kind of a double-edged sword right because you do need to get kyler that protection up front give him some time in the pocket to get it get it to someone i saw on x today a cardinals fan was saying oh if he has an offensive line he could throw it to any old wide receiver down there it doesn't matter versus if you have marvin harrison jr out there and no offensive line he's going to get sacked and not even going to be able to get it to him and i think that's just kind of silly when you you can have a direct example of this in the the kansas city chiefs patrick mahomes doesn't have any receivers. They're dropping passes left and right, and he's getting completely frustrated. So he can have all day in the pocket, but if his receivers aren't getting open, if they're not catching passes, what does it even make a difference? So I, I think, I don't know, you maybe could call it a win-win or a lose-lose, or like I said, a double-edged sword, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I think they're going to have some tough decisions to make. I mean, personally, I would really like to see Marvin Harrison Jr. because how often do you see a generational wide receiver become available in the draft? There's going to be offensive linemen available every single year, guys. I mean, and I mean, maybe that's a bad perspective because that's not guaranteed that we're even going to have a high enough draft pick next season. You would hope not to get like one of those great guys, but anyone taken in the first or second round is going to probably be a pretty good football player. You think that's a safe to say, Tallman? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on, if, if you're sitting there at four and Marvin Harrison staring you right in the face. You have to pick him R regardless of what holes. I mean, I know this, this last game against the Eagles was a little different. We had a lot more production out of the wide receiver room, but just that stretch that we went on the last couple of weeks where, I mean, th there was nobody, no one was showing up. Uh, Mike Wilson was hurt. Hollywood's hurt. And God forbid, I hope he's gone and done in, in the desert. I'm, I'm sorry if you guys feel differently about Hollywood Brown, um, but I think his days are done. Um, so you you got to take Harrison. It's, it's, I mean, you can't not pass up on him, but at the same time, I mean, you can argue, dude, you could spin that pick into kind of like what uh, Osifor did this previous draft where he spun it in a bunch of other picks, but you, you can't pass up on that. And it's a glaring need for the team. And just looking at where they have it right now, um, looks like Texans will be picking around the 17th spot. So uh, I'm with you around 17 overall in the first round, you could get probably one of the top five, offensive linemen right in the draft you would think so i'm looking real quick and it looks like there's a couple going before that but you should should still be able to lock down that a top five offensive lineman with that 17 pick right now they got us taking kool-aid mckinstry at 17 uh which is another glaring hole obviously on this roster that we have but i mean i'm i'm, well, I'm with you though i mean you should be able to get some very quality players with, at least on the first day and uh half the second day of the draft yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Tallman, because that's exactly what I was just thinking about. I mean, we're heavily focused on the offense right now, talking about receivers and linemen and quarterbacks, but we shouldn't ignore the defense either. I mean, we just let Marco Wilson go. He was on this team for a long time, and you, you even just said it. Quarterback is a glaring weakness. I mean, Mike, should they try and balance this draft on both sides of the ball a little bit, or do you think getting the offense rolling is the main priority? No, you have to continue to balance because this team is going to have to be built with pieces that work together as an entirety of a unit to take the football away, run, 
consistently get you into, you know, just different looks, right? It's not just going to be Kyler Murray looking to pass to Marvin Harrison Jr. 18 times a game, kind of like what we saw with DeAndre Hopkins, which didn't lead to true success for this team. But I'm okay with looking at corner probably second, third round. I don't know if there's anybody that really jumps off the page in the first round right now. There's just other needs that this team really needs to tackle first. I mean, we talk about a defensive line that's got only one sack in the past five games. That has to be something that they look at early and probably often to give guys opportunities to see who wants to take this next step. B.J. Ogilary had some flashes, but he's a young guy, second rounder, hasn't really done much either than his two games where he had, I think, like a sack and a half, right? So we have to get pressure at the quarterback. We have to continue to keep Kyler Murray up, and we have to continue to run the ball. Like, that's what's going to lead to success with this team. Obviously, you guys know how I feel about the cornerback position. Damn it, we were never able to get anybody next to Patrick Peterson for all of his years other than that one season with Antonio Cromartie. And it was always just a revolving door of ineptitude, it seemed like. And right now, our cornerback position is struggling. I get that. So they're going to address it. But it's got to start up front, man. you got to get these quarterbacks moving out of the pocket, under distress. So then you might not have to have crazy levels of talent when it comes down to corners because guys are going to be making tough decisions on a day-to-day basis. So... More pressing issues, I think, but got to continue to flesh out this entire roster because we know it's not the best at any position right now. No, no, not at all. I mean, at least there are some there are some bright spots, right? I mean, Trey McBride is really starting to break out. People are already labeling him one of the top tight ends in the league. I wouldn't be surprised if he's maybe the third or fourth tight end drafted in fantasy leagues next season, especially given the forward progress of the Cardinals with Kyler Murray back with a full offseason, refining the playbook, getting those reps in. Uh, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see. I do agree with you, Mike. I think they do need to balance it when it comes to the draft in this off season, because right now I can't think of a guy who's like the cornerstone of our defense. Like, is there anyone that comes to mind when, when you guys think of that? I mean, Buddha Baker, but it's still, okay. Okay. (laughs) When it's been such a tough season, no matter what, and you have double digits amount of losses, nobody's going to really stick out. Right. But there were lots of games that this defense still kept the Cardinals in it and our ineptitude at wide receiver, our struggles with Josh Dobbs before he was finally shifted away, you know, led to some of these possible wins going out the door. Cause you see what competent quarterback play can do for you. What is Kyler in his time in his seven games that he's played with us now? He's about 500. So if you, if you have him early to start the year, it's a completely different season that you're talking about, but yeah, it, it could it could have gone totally different. I mean, four games, I think, is I, I'd have to go back and look at what our predictions were. I'm sad I don't have them in front of me now, but I think it's close to what we expected, even though it was it was tough sledding to start. But honestly, like as long as we're all being realistic fans, I think we can see the writing on the wall and see that things are going to get better. So like we said at the top, 2024, reason for optimism 
Guys, one last thing I just kind of thought of I want to talk to you about the Arizona Cardinals is the prospects for next year. We're going to have plenty of time to do our predictions and see how the offseason goes. But I I honestly, as I sit here today, I think we're in a position to honestly be the second best team in the NFC West next year. Seems like the Seahawks are taking a step back. The Rams haven't quite lived up to expectations. Matt Stafford isn't getting any younger. Am I crazy for thinking that, Tallman? Well, I mean, the Rams did clinch a playoff spot this season so they're playing a lot better football than people would have expected i mean the the decline of stafford that everyone was reporting didn't really occur and then somehow the rams just pull out you know one of the best rookie receivers in the league in the fifth round in the draft and puka nakua who really just jolted their offense so um but there's there's a good argument for us to potentially fight for that second spot um, Seattle, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know about you guys, but this, this game coming up against Seattle, that's a very winnable game. Um, I do, I do envision, or I could see Seattle taking a step back and us kind of duking it out with the Rams, uh, for that second spot in the NFC West. Um, I, it's absolutely possible, but yeah, I mean, it would, it would take a big decline from, uh, from Stafford, which we haven't fully seen yet. They had a shaky start to the season, but I mean, Hey, they're, they're playoff bound and we, we can't say the same, but I, I can see it. Well, I mean, we're sitting here automatically writing in the 49ers as the top team. And I, I think that's fair. But at the same time, they've even started to show some chinks in their armor as Brock Purdy had the, a career worst game. Uh, was it a couple weeks ago? Um, Mike, I, are you kind of in, in line with Tallman that we could fight for that second spot at the, at the very least? I think that has to be the goal that this team has to set next year, right? with all the draft capital that they have, the money that they should have and they should be willing to spend this free agency is to kickstart this journey back to something, right? We can't just have another season of four and 13 or five and 12, right? It, it It's time to take that next level step next year, especially with Kyler Murray having a full off season and preparation with Drew Petzing to learn this offense a little bit more than he already has had. And he's starting to see that success that's coming right now. The 49ers just continue to find a way to fill it out with superstars, man. I don't know how they have the payroll to pay these guys and trade for the Chase Youngs or the Christian McCaffreys, but they find a way and their role players just fill in perfectly. I mean, you talk about Brandon Ayuk taking a huge step forward this season as well. Uh, the Rams, I thought, were supposed to have a back, back off year, right? They were going through their own rebuild and still find their way into the playoffs. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks take a step back next year. So we'll be right on the cusp, hopefully, and, you know, scratching our way into a, at least a wild card spot because this is the time frame now is you're calling Kyler Murray the guy in the future. Well, He's been in the league for five years. I know he just came off of a, a, a tough injury last season. But the way that I was talking about he needed to be in the MVP conversations last year is really what it has to be for 2024. So we'll yeah, see. It, it, it's time they turn the corner. I mean, you've had two down seasons. This was the rebuild year. So I, I need them to come out next year with their foot on the gas, the pedal to the metal, and really trying to take it to these teams every Sunday, especially when we have a full offseason to get healthy. Kyler's knee is good. 
Uh, I expect has they have they said he's probably going to play week 18, right? I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, but yeah, no, plenty, plenty of reason for optimism. I'm going to keep using that word. Maybe that's going to be part of my resolution. We'll have to see is just to be a more optimistic Cardinals fan. I know I tend to be uh, more of the pessimist here at Valley Sports Plug, but someone's got to do it. But speaking of weighing optimism and pessimism, that's the right word, right? Pessimism. Yeah. Yeah. I know English that Phoenix Suns, man, uh, they had a bumpy end to their, uh, 2023 stretch there. And, uh, Mike and I were talking after Christmas is like, this is the, this is when you can start to panic. And we, we had our hand on the panic button. I don't know if we ever fully suppressed it or not, but I think what they're on a four game win streak now, something like that. They got Bradley Beal back and he's looking competent and capable. Of course, of course, Kevin Durant has been out the past couple games with a knee or ankle, something like that. Um, And you got the hamstring. Yeah, there you go. Leg, leg injury big lanky motherfucker um but uh yeah they're gonna tip off tonight i think oh let's uh, are have they tipped off yeah 7 p.m against the clippers and uh tough clippers team man you got paul george james harden Kawhi leonard finally healthy hopefully he gets injured before the playoffs so we don't even have to worry about that um knock on wood but guys this continued narrative of the big three never being healthy at the same time. Am I the only one who's getting just completely exhausted by this whole charade? Uh, I, I'm almost getting sick of it, man. But obviously we're getting closer and closer to the halfway point. There's still time for them to flesh it out. But one of my resolutions, I'll hit you with one early is for this damn big three to play 25 games together, man. Like, it's what the people want at the end of the day. That's what we are begging for is just to see these guys grow together because we know how great each is individually, but we also know how unselfish they are. So to see those kind of guys work together, what magic can they really make happen? And we've only got two and a half games worth, and it just seems like we get one and then somebody's out, right? Beal gets hurt against uh, New York. Durant has a nice game, but doesn't play, and he's not going to play tonight either. It's just it's 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 weighing on my subconscious that I'm getting more worried as the time goes on that it's just not going to pan out for long enough for this team to really have their footing when it comes to the playoffs. But kind of contradicted myself there because we still have time, we still have 50 games to see what they can do. But I'm just annoyed more than anything else at this point. I don't know, Tom, are you annoyed that they're not playing yet? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a broken record just continues. It's something always going on and on. And yeah, I'm annoyed because I was very excited when coming into the season where I think I told you guys a handful of times. I said, this is the most excited I've ever been for any Phoenix Suns basketball season. And man, has it just kind of disappointed. And I thankfully, okay, we finally got a couple games with them all together and kind of just listening to some of the rumbling. It didn't seem like the the Durant injury is, is too much to be concerned about. Um, and seeing them all three finally play together. I mean, they look good. You know, they, they looked like what we expected them to be. And it's, it's just going to be that concern. I I'm with you. Yeah. 25 games, 30 games, you know, they got to get together, got to get in a groove and you're right. Cause you mentioned the Clippers, the Clippers are a great team. They just added James Harden and James Harden has 
gotten right into the groove with those with the other stars on that team with uh with george and and leonard and you were just hoping that that same thing that happened in uh la with the clippers would happen with the suns team but you can't have that if you know we can't stay healthy and you would think that the clippers would have more of an issue with you know people staying healthy because Kawhi leonard and paul george are never healthy ever right uh but it's it's annoying, but I'm I'm staying optimistic, right? To use Chris's word, and uh, I think it is still somewhat early in the season. Um, even though we're gonna have to stop saying that soon because we are almost at the halfway point. Um, but I, it was promising to see them all three play together, um, and it seems like I have a feeling that they're all gonna figure out their roles on the team uh, once they all do get healthy and do finally get back on the court together. But it is it has been frustrating and it is a little annoying that we seem to talk about this every single week. Someone else is hurt out dealing with a head shoulder knees and toes injuries it's just it's it's always something new with this team (laughs) do a little dance but yeah no i'm with you guys i just i think they're running out of time man like how long are we going to be able to to say this i even heard it today like in november it was oh we're not worried about games in november oh not too worried about games in december and i heard someone today say oh it's just it's only january are we going to be in march and be like it's just march no I want to see like a solid four weeks of these guys being able to play together. And I think right now this is like the most dense part of our schedule. There's so many games happening almost every other day, a couple back-to-backs mixed in there. I mean, we're playing tonight. It's Wednesday. They're going to play again Friday and play again Sunday. I just, I think they were saying KD is expected to be back Friday at the earliest, Sunday at the latest. So hopefully Booker and Beal can stay healthy in the meantime there. But there have even been some other nicks and, and dings here and there with Nurkic and Gordon. And I think um, Allen missed a couple games even. It's just the, it's the modern NBA. It's modern sports, man. I don't know if it's precaution or people are just a little softer these days, but Mike's not having this problem, but I look at my fantasy basketball team and half of my roster is, has the injury designation. I got two injury spots and they're filled up. I'm like, can't drop Embiid. How am I going to, I can't drop Zach Levine, Zach Levine, whatever the hell his name is. It sucks. It sucks. But it, so we talk about the Clippers being injury prone. They could say the same thing about us. They could say the same thing about the Lakers. It's just players sit more often than not. And, and it might be disheartening. It might not be what fans want to hear, but you, you do hear it a lot where they're like, well, Kevin Durant has a hamstring injury, but if the playoffs started today, he'd be out there. Then why isn't he out there? I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like y- it is, it is a lot to, you know, play three, four games a week at the highest level. I get that. And practice on top of that and work out but at the same time you have those rest days you have the best technology the best trainers the best rehab methods like make it happen guys you're, you're in the nba i mean it as kevin durant's aside like most guys are only in the nba mike what like five to ten years tops like if you're even like a top tier player some guys don't even make it that long i mean we just heard over the holiday we got what was it brandon jennings saying coming out saying it was a slow news day apparently because we care what brandon jennings thinks but they were talking to he was saying like oh K- kd deserves better than this he he shouldn't be on this this is exactly what kevin durant wanted he practically orchestrated this fucking thing like mike do you care what brandon jennings thinks I got to just throw a little shade at that group in general because I saw a clip come up on X and it was Gilbert Arenas' show with Rashad McCants and Brandon Jennings sitting next to him. And I was like, oh, talk about a cast of characters that I could give a shit less about who they have to say about (laughs) anything. I mean, Rashad McCants was a stud at UNC. Brandon Jennings was a good player at points within the NBA. But both all those guys didn't have any type of success as a team. 
And that's what I care about. I care about a guy who wanted to come here to play with Devin Booker and build this team around him. Get guys like Yuta Watanabe because he has a nice relationship with him. Fill in the guys like Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, Drew Eubanks, who already had kind of a core thing going on with their time in Portland. Cody said it right. There's a whole bunch of optimism for this Phoenix Suns team. But we still have to remember what happened before this four-game winning streak. We lost 9 out of 12. We were out of the playoffs, outside looking in. They have a nice stretch, so it's good because we're still kind of in that upper half of the season, so you can still move around. But like we said in the last Suns recap, man, I still need them to go 5-1 and one on this road trip or on this homestand for me to feel comfortable where they're at. Even with Kevin Durant, if he didn't come back and play for the rest of these last three games. Because these next three games are some nice tests for them to see where they are and where their role players are. I mean, obviously tonight, Clippers are humming. They've won eight out of the last ten. They're fully healthy. Nobody on the injury designation at all. Obviously, we know Miami's been hit or miss, but they're still a team that's going to perform in the East. And Memphis... Talk about on the outside looking in, but that's a squad who is winning games because John Morant is back in. And when you have a player like that, it changes the whole entire course of what you have to talk about for where a team was with their type of record. And then we just talk about January in general, man. To end the month, we go on a seven-game road streak. So if that's going to be a situation where it's, well, Devin Booker tweaked his hammy this time. He has to sit out too. Then it comes back. Well. Kevin Durant messed up his elbow. He has to sit. And we're just consistently going back and forth with just two of the three. I hate that for this team because I need them to start getting a little bit more camaraderie on the floor, not just shooting the shit and playing poker on the flights to games, right? I need them to play some fucking games together at this point. You guys can tell my frustration, right? This team is going to be successful. They're going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs. But I'm just annoyed at this point, man. I like because we still haven't been able to flesh out what this bench unit is going to be looking like. And even Frank Vogel said that he doesn't know who's going to be really the top three, four guys in that position coming off the bench yet. And you've been seeing it with Azabuke, and then all of a sudden Saban Lee's getting minutes, and now finally Chemezi Metu is in the fold, and it's oh, like Vogel oh. has a freaking. <laughs> almost career night i know i know he had some better games in orlando but rant over it's time for this team to put the pedal to the metal at this point to start the year and start rattling off a huge huge win streak man. that's what it's about yeah mike i couldn't have said it better myself i think you speak for all Suns fans especially inventing that frustration but i would never accuse devin booker and kevin durant of not taking it seriously but at the same time the they need to buckle down, man. They need to come together and start getting their shit going because this whole, like, you know, when it, when it's good, it's great. And we're all smiles. But when we've seen when it's bad, the finger pointing starts and people start asking that question, is KD happy here? Is Frank Vogel the right coach? You start hearing about divisions between the assistant coach and the head coach and 
the players maybe not necessarily being happy and and you can you can read into that and you can say maybe they're not re- you know accurate reports and whatnot but i imagine there is a level of frustration in that locker room and i don't know if it's they need to have a players only meeting a come to jesus meeting something to get back on track i mean it seems like things are starting to trend back in that direction but i'll just i'll double triple quadruple down we need to see them play together and within that, though, we, when we're talking about these bench guys and the random ragtag assortment that have been flowing in and out, I, I mean, Tallman, I think for me, I want to see the Suns kind of take the Nuggets route, how they did it last season, have a nice, tight seven, eight man rotation that you go to. And that's it. And right now, I think we have a solid six. We got Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, and who Brad Beal? Did, did I not mention Brad Beal? Yeah, that that's our six right there. So who is going to be seven and potentially eight in that rotation? Is it going to be a Bull Bull? I doubt it. Is it going to be a Chemezi Metu? Maybe. Um, but do we do we roll with this roster we have, or do you think they seriously need to maybe look at switching out one of these pieces before the trade deadline? Well, you mean like get an actual point guard? <laughs> maybe go back and reverse the campaign release for Bull yeah Bull. right no, no kidding wouldn't that be nice but no I, I'm with you 100% I mean uh, 100% on you need to go kind of the Nuggets route where I think through that whole um, playoff run where they where they won the championship they only had an eight-man rotation right so we, we got to figure out what our eight-man rotation is going to be because I don't want to see Bull Bull on the court come fucking may or june right that that can't happen so uh so we do have some depth and we're kind of seeing bogle use all these different types of rotations and maybe he's still figuring it out but um i think eric gordon is clearly above some of those guys on the bench but we need to get everyone healthy so that eric gordon can actually come off the bench right and he doesn't have to start all these games and uh but I, I think Eric Gordon's above. He's he was a great addition, uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, it, how does Josh Okogie fit into this mix? Um, can he get it going? And then you're looking at a uh, you know M- Mr. Drew Eubanks, a guy that he had kind of a a big start, and then he's just totally cooled off recently. Um, but I'm thinking it's got to be it's got to be an eight man rotation. Um, I'd like to see Goodwin kind of step up again because he had some great games as well. Um, but I, I don't know. It's it's it, he needs to figure out he being Vogel needs to figure out his guys sooner rather than later. And he needs to stick with it because he's just throwing he's throwing stuff at the wall right now and seeing if anything's sticking. And honestly, I don't know if everything's been sticking the way he wanted to, because, I mean, we've seen over the past couple of weeks how this team has struggled, absolutely struggled with some of the worst teams in the league. So it's it's I don't know. He's got to figure out something soon. But. Again, you, you got to get your star players on the court, or it's just we're going to sit here with question marks every single day until we see everyone play for a consistent amount of time. Yeah, and I, I think you know along that line, Mike, I, I want to ask you this, Tommy. You were talking on our last Heat Check podcast of the year how Brad Beal was always the number one option in Washington, and coming here he had to defer, but that's not necessarily true because he did have John Wall there for a good portion of the beginning of his career. Mike, is that a guy that you think the Suns should be kicking the tires on to look at at a point guard? No, I don't want John Wall anywhere near Phoenix, man, at this point. No, no thank you. He had his time frames after his injuries where he tried to come back. I think he was with Houston a little bit. I wouldn't say damaged goods, but 
it's not a guy that needs to fit into this type of system because you talk about a score first point guard when you look at John Wall still. Do you think that he's willing to back back up and take a role where if he were to play 20, 22 minutes a game, maybe only shoot the ball six times and really heavily facilitate and run an offense? I don't know if he has it in him. I don't know if he has in it in his heart is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I think that I think that John Wall is is still a good enough player. There's still guys out there, man, that could play in the league and could be contributors for a number of teams. Guys who are, you know, we can talk about Demarcus Cousins, Dwight Howard. I think those are still guys who could play in the league. But if they're not willing to fit within a role, they had their time. And it's time for them to go. And I think at that at this point, it is John Wall. Because you also have to think about the way that it's structured. If you look down the road towards the playoffs, at any given time on the floor, you got to have two of the big three, right? And the offense should be rolling through them. The majority of the shots should be going up through them. So you need a facilitator. I, we always keep coming back to TJ McConnell, who's starting to get less and less minutes in Indiana. That's the type of guy that I want coming off the bench, rolling alongside with Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant while Devin Booker takes a seat, right? A guy who's going to get them open, really get them into perfect spots, push the pace, make great decisions. That's what I want. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you there. I mean, I and I also think with this all-in strategy with going to get Brad Beal and the three massive contracts we have, I, I gotta think that they've kind of handcuffed themselves a little bit. I mean, I know Matt Ishbio is willing to shell out and we're going to be paying luxury tax out the ass, but you look at the position the Warriors are in. I mean, they they had a dynasty. They have they have champions to show for it, but they're going to be dog shit for the next 10 years, especially once Steph is gone, Clay is gone, Draymond is way past his prime. I mean, talking about John Wall, I mean, you're right. I don't think he'd be a good fit here either. He just turned 33 the end of last year. So we know he's past his prime, right, Tallman? But it, it is something that I think there, like you said, there are players out there that are attainable for us to go get, make some moves for. It doesn't seem like we have much draft capital to throw around anymore, but I mean, that just all ties in. So I think it's dangerous, this all in, in mentality. And I just hope that it does come together. Going to have plenty of conversations to continue to have about this Suns team. And uh, I think we got a Suns recap coming at you next week. So we'll see how they do tonight and this coming weekend. And we'll get you all the updates there. Quick plug on the Valley Sports Plug. Make sure you like and subscribe right here on YouTube so you can see those videos and keep up with all the Phoenix Suns, Arizona Cardinals, and Valley Sports action. Just anything. All of it, guys. We're going to bring it to you all year in 2024. Chris, I'm 33 years old, and I'm in my YMCA basketball prime. So just make sure that the people understand that. We still hooping. We still getting it done. Yeah, you are. Mike, in the Y, you're a two-way, inside-outside, facilitator, extraordinary. I actually bring the definition of dominating, which DeAndre Asian wishes he did, baby. Don't mess with me. I'll challenge anybody. Uh, <laughs> you could probably take DA. I mean, he got a couple inches. Hell, on you're God, no. <laughs> no, I can't. He's too big. Come on now. Your YMCA uh, prime, that, that really got me. <laughs> No, not knocking you at all. Not knocking you at all. Was I've been I've been doing my best best Bradley Beal impersonation, and I was out injured for a while. But uh, 
shaking it off. I think Bradley Beal's shaking off the rust a little quicker than I am, but we'll get there, folks. We'll get there. Anyway, fellas, uh, I want to get to our resolutions, but I got some odds and ends here stuff if you guys are up for it. Um, I mean, just quick, Tallman, you mentioned we're pretty getting get pretty close to baseball coming back. It's crazy because it seems like not that long ago we were in the World Series. But uh, 42 days until catchers and pitchers report to training camp. Uh, speaking of catchers, did you guys see that we got a former gold glover in Tucker Barnhart signed to our, our roster? Yeah, I did see that. Uh, what is he, 33 years old? Um, played the Pass last his season. Pass Pass his prime. Pass his prime. Yeah, well, come on, man. Why are you bringing that up? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> he played uh, played last year in a reserve role with the Cubs, right? Um, and then he ended up winning those two gold gloves. Was it with the Reds? Yes. I think it was with the Reds. Yeah. Um, hey, I mean, that's, that's some great depth there uh, behind Gabby because, you know, whenever we go on another playoff run, Gabby seems to get his ass kicked, whether he's getting hit in the head with a bat or getting hit in the nuts or hit in the hand or something. Um, but I don't know. I mean, hey, he only got an invitation to spring training on a, on a minor league deal. Um, but adding another defensive guy, I mean, he's he's not very explosive um, on the offensive side, but winning two gold gloves, that's a good defensive piece, definitely. Yeah, it's, and I think that's probably why they got him. Because, I mean, if you look at last season, his average was, like, just over 200, like 2.05 or something like that. But, I mean, when you think about our depth, we got rid of Carson Kelly. He was garbage. At the end of the season, we had, what, Herrera, I think, backing up Gabby. So, Mike, do you think that there is some merit in bringing in a defensive guy as the backup and kind of sacrificing that spot in the in the batting lineup? I think it's I think it's okay. At the end of the day, it's just kind of more so insurance, right? Because you're looking at Gabriel Moreno playing probably 150 games next year, right? He's going to be every single day. Unless he pulls a Kevin Durant and has a hammy, then you got to throw in Tucker. But I'm fine with it. Bring in another defensive presence because we know Gabby just got this gold glove. You know, probably somebody that he can learn from too, because you got to remember he's still a young guy in this league as well. So, the more knowledge you can always soak up, even after having successes in a league, from somebody who has probably been there for longer than you have and has been through the grind, I love it, man. Love it. That's exactly what Evan Longoria did for this entire team last year, right? That's a great point. And, and like we keep saying, I expect that this team is going to pick up right where they left off. So adding some veteran leadership and mentorship to this young roster is only going to boost us up. And it's great to see the national media starting to kind of recognize what the what the Diamondbacks are able to do and what they're capable of. I saw a preseason, a way too early power rankings for the MLB teams, and the Diamondbacks were sitting there at nine. I think maybe that's a little disrespectful considering we were just in the World Series, but I'll let it slide because we snuck in as a wild card. And uh, when you consider all the crazy moves made in the offseason, I'm sick of talking about the Dodgers and Shohei Otani. Fuck them. I'm sure we're going to have plenty to say as the season rolls out. But yeah, just I thought that was interesting that uh, we got this guy. A lot of uh, I'm in a couple Diamondbacks groups on Facebook, and there seems to be some excitement around him. So we'll see. Um, but like you said, Mike, I think that that veteran presence is only going to be a be a benefit in the long term. And he, I don't know if he has the two way option to maybe have him slide down to AAA at times. Uh, I just have to see how that shakes out. But that's that's really all I had Diamondbacks wise. Tallman, like I said, odds and ends. I did have one topic for you that I wanted to pass your way. I saw today that 
the uh, whatever group of golfers named Scotty Scheffler, the PGA player of the year over John Rahm. Do you think that's a little bit of salt for his move to live golf? Or do you think that's deserved for Scotty? <laughs> no, it, it's deserved for Scotty's. I think, I don't know the stats, but I, I feel like Scotty's been number one ranked in the world for quite some time. Um, and every, every time he's in a major tournament, the guy it always finds his way to the top 10. Scotty Scheffler is a, outstanding golfer um so is it weird it's it's good timing right yeah it's a little salty i'm i'm i would like to believe that they just totally dogging on rom and said nope we're just gonna pick scotty but it's it's deserved either way i mean between those two guys they're probably the two best golfers in the world i would say in my opinion but it's it's good timing though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't maybe it's media spin because I think that's like how all the headlines were reading is like Scotty Scheffler wins over John Rahm. Yeah, but you're right; yeah. he is the number one golfer in the world. Uh, Mike, as we've known, you big golf guy. You think? I mean, if if not, maybe just a little bit of salt towards John Rahm. He's over here pulling a salt bay, man, big time. Come on now, makes an absolutely massive huge move over to live taking care of his family for generations man you know they didn't want to give it to him but in my heart you know me i'm the big golf guy it's john rom all day every day baby gotta gotta stick by our asu guy you know big big live golf tour fans over here um but yeah see valley sports plug we worldwide we global we're talking about saudi saudi golf leagues now but Fellas, that, that was about all I had as far as those topics go. So we got to get into these uh, Valley Sports New Year's resolutions, I think. I'm, I'm going to go last, so I'll leave it up to you. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Let me kick it off. 2024 is here. Big things coming for the whole Valley, not only just Valley Sports Plug, but I got a couple team-oriented and then I got a couple for myself as well. So first and foremost, I'm starting off the Phoenix Suns for 2024. My New Year's resolution, I need the big three to play at least 25 games together, right? And I'd like to see some consecutive, right? Not just two and then we're off for three and then, and then maybe three and then we're off for two again, just flip-flopping. I want to see a nice stretch with... Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal on the floor, working together, getting into a groove, and winning some damn basketball games in a big fashion, right? I was very disappointed to go to that Portland Trailblazers game thinking it was going to be the first time that I would get to see the big three up close and personal in my season ticket seats. Come to find out a couple of hours before the game, Kevin Durant is not playing. Neither was DeAndre Eaton. What a baby bat bitch. But let's move on. My next one is a personal one. This year, I have to go to a Cardinals game. I have to physically go to an Arizona Cardinals game. It has been coming up on six years since I've been to Glendale and State Farm Stadium to see the Cardinals play. Do you guys know what the last game I actually was in attendance for? Do you remember? It's 2018. 2018? Was... It wasn't a Seahawks game. No. It was versus the Chicago Bears. Mm, not Bears. Do you know who the quarterback was? In 2018? 
Oh, moly. It, I, Rex Grossman was long gone by then. Oh, I'm not That's, asking. I don't give a shit who the Chicago Bears oh, quarterback who our was. quarterback was? Yeah. Was it Carson Palmer? No, it was not. It right. was the world-famous Sam Bradford. And that was the game where he fumbled in the second quarter and he sat on the grass and knew that his career was over. And that was the first game that Josh Rosen ever played. Stunk it up. Started for the rest of the season. But that was the last Cardinals game that I was actually in attendance for. I can't believe it's been that long. So that's on my list. Okay. Let's move on to the Diamondbacks. My New Year's resolution for this team is to challenge for the NL West. It's that time, right? You you make an incredible World, World Series run. You see what the Los Angeles Dodgers have been doing this offseason but you still make some nice pieces to continue to grow this team. Another year older, all of these young guys are more experienced. And I don't know, maybe we see J.D. Martinez finally come over here and bolster up this roster. I'm very excited. And that's the next step that this Diamondbacks team has to, has to go for, man. Win the NL West, first time in what, seven, eight years, something like that. The Valley would love it. All right, I got two more for you guys. I'm going with hockey, man. Let's see the Arizona Coyotes make the playoffs, right? I'll be one of those guys. If the playoffs started today, the Coyotes are in the playoffs. I love it, man. They had some really big wins. I know we talked about, I think they had that four or five game stretch where they beat all of the previous Stanley Cup winners. They've been playing some good hockey. Had a tough one last night. It was tied, I think, going into the third or in the third period, then they gave up three unanswered. But if it started today, they'd be in the playoffs. So let's go. Let's go, Yotes. Come on. And then my last one, my 2024 New Year's resolution. And I'm sorry, guys. I'm putting the blame on myself. This one was on me because we could have done it early in 2024. But it's to play some damn softball. It's time. We got to do it. It's on the list. I'm making sure I'm putting it on my forefront. I'm going to make sure that we get into a league in the spring. We're going to get Let's out there it. on the diamond, man. Let's go. So those are my 2024 New Year's sports resolutions. I like it. Came prepared. Excellent resolutions for our teams, for yourself. Mike, we're going to hold you to it. Tallman. What do you got, brother? Yeah, what did did you write all that down, Chris? I don't know how the hell anyone's gonna remember that. Um, damn, yeah, back. I yeah, no shit, right? Um, so I didn't. I guess I didn't do enough homework because I only really came with one. Uh, so don't don't hate me. Uh, my <laughs> my uh, New Year's resolution here for Arizona sports will be for the Cardinals. Um, it's gonna be to start off with them winning this game upcoming on Sunday against Seattle, totally demolishing any little tiny bit of hope Seattle has to squeak into the playoffs this year and to take that momentum and carry it over into next season. It's a two-parter. The second part is for this front office to have an, a very aggressive offseason. I want to see some money spent. We need to have we need to be players and some of these big free agent guys. Go and look at some of these lists coming up of people that are free agents this coming season. 
It's incredible. There's some great guys on there that are going to be looking to get paid. This team has money. Let's pay some of these guys to come in and fill these glaring holes that we have. And we don't need to rely just on the draft. Thankfully, we're in a great spot where we have the draft capital capital where if we hit on a lot of these picks, you know, it could, this could be the turnaround year where we, we can actually fight and uh, get that second spot in the NFC West. But I don't want to see this, this lackluster um, running into next season as, you know, we're just going to sign some of these bottom guys and not do anything splashy because we don't have our starting quarterback. That's we don't have those excuses this year. So let's be aggressive. Michael Bidwell, let's spend some goddamn money. Monty Austin Ford, if you're staring at Marvin Harrison Jr. in the draft, pick him. I don't want to see some bull. Oh, well, we spun him and we got this pick and we got a we got a first rounder two years from now. Screw that. Pick Marvin Harrison. Be aggressive. Spend some money. Let's let's be excited again for an Arizona Cardinals season when we're strolling around in August next year or this year. Sorry, it's 2024 already. So that's gonna be my New Year's resolution. Let's get let's get some excitement around this Arizona Cardinals team again. Tallman, how could we be disappointed with that? We also have to remember, Chris, right? Tallman, big notes guy. So big notes guy. He oh, can't yeah. prepare. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I love it. No, I love that though. Monty Austin for it. You got the picks. Fucking use them. Just quit quit parlaying them into more picks. Use them. We got to build a team. We got to get this shit rolling. And there's a lot of cap space for the Cardinals. So getting rookies, that even keeps cap space even more open to maybe get a big free agent to come here. Mike, you kind of inspired me because I only had a couple. But now that we've kind of been, I've been hearing you guys talk, I've kind of come up with a few. So I got some personal, I got some challenges for the Valley. So I'll start with one personal one. I Like I said a little earlier on, I want to be a little more optimistic in 2024. I I, I tend to be a little bit of, a, you know, woe is us, buying into the Valley curse narrative. Just because in the past, what, four or five years, we've we've seen teams be at the threshold of a championship, specifically the Suns and the Diamondbacks. Just so close we can taste it and just not being able to attain it. But right now, if we're being honest, the Suns are just as close of the, of the, as they've ever been. The Diamondbacks arguably are only going to get better this season. I, I like your your resolution there of contending for the uh, NL West. It is going to be tough with the Dodgers and all the ridiculous billions of dollars they spent this offseason. But it's not it's not impossible because just because you throw a lot of money at guys who have been successful, it doesn't mean it's going to pan out by any means. I mean, these guys are only getting older and they got to learn to play together. And baseball is just a whole different animal. It's almost any team can be any team. And it's just about timing and when they come together. And like Tori said, a connected team is a dangerous team. So I'm going to be optimistic and, and hope for the best. I'm going to expect the best. I'm going to be rooting for this team. And I think that kind of ties into another one I wrote down here is a is a resolution for Valley sports fans in general. I mean, guys, like we said, we're getting a little older. None of us have kids yet, but as we move through life and we start having kids and we have friends having kids, we need to raise them to be Arizona sports fans. Enough of this. My family's from here. My family's from there. My dad liked this team, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Suns, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, Coyotes. Preach. Cut it out. No more Packers. No more Yankees. No more Cowboys or 49ers. Fuck all that. If you live here, you root for our Valley teams and you raise your kids to root for the home team. Let's fucking go. We got to turn it around so we're not going to these games where it's 
a Suns game and the the Warriors fans are packed in the stadium. That doesn't happen as much anymore. We mostly see it with the Cardinals these days. I mean, shit, even when like the fucking Detroit Lions roll into town, you still see them fill in the stands. I know that's a bad example because I don't think they played in a while, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, I think I might have touched a nerve of my own there. But so there we go, tying it into the Cardinals and being a fan. That's another resolution. I got to get me a Cardinals jersey, man. I got some t-shirts, but I don't have a Cardinals jersey. So I don't know, guys. You got to help me out. Is it going to be a custom one? I could give you a David Johnson one. It's no. nice. It's only, been, it's only been worn a handful of times. It's, it's got your name all over it, Chris. Let's go. Where did you get that David Johnson jersey, Mike? No comment. Yeah, no comment. yeah, 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 yeah. But hey, you you were all about it, Mike. Come <laughs> of on, course no. I was. I was. Hey, I got and that my was a screaming deal. That was, was a screaming deal. All right. It was. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe we can oh, work out. Hey, Wait, we... I have a Hopkins jersey. You can you have, have a problem jersey. Solved. There you go. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Maybe I can put a uh, Harrison Jr. over it if they uh, end up getting the same number. But my last one here is uh, for the Suns. I, I, their resolution, uh, my resolution for them is to have them figure out their rotation before we get to the playoffs. Like we said, have a nice six, seven, eight-man rotation. No, more than six. Seven, eight-man rotation, ready to go in lockstep, playing good basketball, playing good defense, and finishing games by the time we get to the playoffs. No more excuses. We're past Christmas. We're in the new year. Got to start winning games, piling win streaks, and getting that camaraderie going so that we look like a cohesive unit ready to play some playoff basketball. I don't really care where we get. I'd like it to be like top four, top five in the West rolling into the playoffs, but as long as we get in and we're rolling, I'll be happy with it. So that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm hoping for. And I expect 2024 to be a very exciting year to be a Valley sports fan. Fellas, this was our very first live stream of the year. Feeling really good about it. Mike, I'll give you the floor first. Is there anything you want to say before we head out? God, man. I, I mean, first and foremost, once again, happy birthday, Tallman. Welcome to the 30 Club. You are no spring chicken any longer, my friend. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you guys. You guys know this. This is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, not only, you can see, I'm a big sports guy but I get to chop it up with my friends. So 2024 is going to be an incredible year. I can't wait to see where our Valley teams go and to see what BSP does as well. Absolutely. We love you, Mike. And that's why we started Valley Sports Plug, because we're just some friends, some dudes that love to talk about the thing we love the most, which is Valley Sports. Tallman, what do you got, baby? Yeah, uh, right there with you guys. This has been incredible. 2024 is going to be even better. Mike, thank you for telling me that I'm old. I uh, appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, just just excited for, you know, this this Diamondbacks team mostly. I, I know I say that every single time, but I mean, I'm, I'm itching for some baseballs after, after what we got to experience here with that team. Um, but also, please, guys, Cardinals, we can have an incredible win this Sunday. And I'm fully on the side. Fuck the draft. Let's go win. Let's. We can't go zero and five in the or zero and six in the division. Come on. When was the last time we didn't win a divisional game? So that's. Come on. It's it's going to be fun. Let's go ruin Seattle's playoffs hopes. Um, I think they need Green Bay to lose and they need to win to get in. But it won't matter if the Cardinals go out and totally smash them in the mouth and win that game. But excited to see what happens in twenty twenty four. 
Hell yeah. Smash them in the mouth. And anyone watching right now or back on the replay, make sure you smash that like button, like and subscribe, ring the bell so you can stay up to date with all the Valley Sports action. Love you guys. Have a big 2024 ahead of us and some major announcements coming down the pipe. So make sure you stay tuned. But I'm Chris Patrick for Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman. We'll see you soon. Peace.